Well, we are, Linda and I are both very um, humbled uh, to be offered this position to be your um, interim lead pastor for this season, um, however long that's going to be. We're humbled that the trust you've given to me to lead you into this time of transition and change. Um, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for the welcome that I've received in the, t- in the week I've been here, meeting people as I've come through the building and um, coming to ministries here and getting to catch up with people. There's lots of names in my head. I'll certainly work at all those names and the faces that they go with. Um, so please bear with me if I don't um, remember your name. Um, I'm looking forward with great anticipation and um, enthusiasm as um, we enter this season together um, for this time. I'm not going to be preaching a sermon uh, this morning. Um, I want to share something about myself, a bit of my journey, a bit of who I am, uh, a bit of the things that I do and I like. Um, A lot of that is shared with Glenda. Um, And then we'll move into a time of communion and a time of reflection and response at the end of this time together. I'm thinking there must be some sort of affinity here with New Zealanders. I think I'm the third New Zealand pastor, Kiwi pastor you've had. I think Brian Macy was here as pastor. Was here. I knew Brian, uh, connections we had with pioneers and counselling and things that we did together. And then John, of course, um, was from New Zealand and now I'm here. So, uh, kia ora. Um, it's good to be here amongst friends. Uh, both Glenda and I were born and, and grew up in a small town outside of Nelson in the south, uh, top of the South Island. Some of you may have travelled through New Zealand. Uh, Nelson is the best part of that country. Um, uh, Glenda and I met when we were five. It might have been four, actually. It was before school, so it must have been four. Um, When my parents started attending um, the local Church of Christ uh, in this town that we lived in, where Glenda's parents had been um, attending for quite some time. Uh, Glenda's dad would... Uh, he was one of my Sunday school teachers in my early days, oh, and actually no, later in my primary age. Um, he used to pick up my sister and me and other kids around the community in the school in the church bus and would take us to Sunday school. Those days when they did all that, you know, they had these little route they did and you would wait at the front gate and they'd come by and you'd get on the bus and go to church and then mum and dad would come later. Uh, Glenda's dad became my boys brigade captain in my primary school years. We changed to another company once I got to high school. Um, so we've done a lot of things together. Um, Glenda and I didn't go to the same primary school, but we did go to the same high school. And eventually we got married, um, which is why we're here today together. Uh, um, we went to Bible college soon after we were married, to the Bible College of New Zealand, which is kind of a, a sister college to what was BCV, is now MST. Um, we did that for three years at Auckland and then from there went over to Ecuador uh, to work with HCJB. Uh, I was working in English broadcasting. And I was really surprised to um, begin working at Murabak eight years ago and met one of the elders there who said, I used to listen to you on the radio when you were in Ecuador. So it's a full circle um, coming back to that. I got a picture here of um, our young family. Um, this brought back lots of memories when I found, went, hunted this out yesterday. Uh, we left New Zealand with one child, uh, Joshua on um, your left, out my left as well there. Um, he was two at the time. Our second son, Tim, was born in Texas when we went there to learn um, Spanish for nine months. And then Melissa, our daughter, 
uh, was born in Ecuador. Uh, don't worry, this is not going to be a family slideshow. This is the only slide <laughs> I'm going to show of our family. But when I was thinking about sharing our story and this photo came to mind and it brought back lots of memories when I found it, so I thought it'd be good to put it up. Uh, all three of our little children there are now grown and married and have children of their own. Uh, one family lives in Warrigal, one in Bayswater, and one, unfortunately for us, um, went back to New Zealand and married a New Zealander and is living in Christchurch. Um, those three little kids there have left us with 12 beautiful grandchildren. And I, Glenda and I are both loving um, this season of our life as grandparents. Um, you can move off the family photo if you like. <laughs> After five years in Ecuador, we returned to New Zealand uh, where I was called to um, pastor one of our churches, Churches of Christ in New Zealand. And then we did that for a period and then came across, back over the, or across the ditch um, to work with HCJB as studio director here in Kilsyth, which is where I met Karen. We shared an office next to each other for a period. Um, I later joined Scripture Union as their children and uh, families specialist, um, supporting and resourcing uh, volunteers as they worked in beach mission, worked in churches, um, providing training, doing um, writing resources and curriculum for use with kids. Um, during our time, or my time with HCJB, Glenda was working a little bit there too, um, and then with um, Scripture Union, which actually Glenda followed me there too and worked there in bookkeeping for a period, um, we were attending the Ringwood Church of Christ, uh, which is the church that we attended when we first arrived in, in Australia 26, seven years ago. After five years working with Scripture Union, um, the Ringwood Church of Christ were looking for a children's and family pastor and asked me, I was doing volunteer work then, and said, can you please uh, take on that role? And so I did that for several more years. And then I was invited to um, join Pioneers of Australia um, to head up their member care team uh, to provide pastoral care and support for missionaries um, around the world from Australia, which is where I got to meet um, Gerald and Kath and Nathan and their girls, uh, during that time. And uh, that was where Glenda was working. She went ahead of me for that one. I followed her. Um, and it was wonderful. We just enjoy working together. And um, it's been great to have a, a marriage and a life that we can, can do that. Um, after Pioneers, I took on a position at Moorabite Baptist Church as pastor to children and families. It was a new position that they had created. Um, and I was doing that for six, seven years until the last two years. Uh, when the senior pastor left and I was asked to take on the role as interim lead pastor, which I did until the end of last year. So it's interesting, I find God's got a bit of a sense of humour or there's something in this where John leaves here and goes to Moorabark and I come from Moorabark to here. Uh, I'm glad we're here um, with you. So that's a very brief, uh, quick, I guess a, a Reader's Digest summary of, of my ministry over the last um, 35 years. Happy to chat more about some of those stories with you um, at the time we have. Outside of ministry, one of the things that both Glenda and I enjoy doing is exploring new places. Um, we love travelling and over the years we've been very fortunate to have visited um, many wonderful places around the world. Uh, partly through my role, or our role together, but certainly my role as a member care person with Pioneers, um, visiting missionaries on the field, but also having holidays overseas um, 
on our own privately. And we enjoy travelling locally as well. Um, we enjoy exploring places on foot. We like bushwalking. We like exploring new cities that we're in on foot. And often combining um, travelling and walking with my love of bushwalking. Uh, sorry, with um, bird watching. Preparing for a trip that's coming up is one of the things that I really, really enjoy. I would plan for a trip, even though I know we can't do it, just the fact of having to plan and dream and create um, this adventure that may never happen, but certainly with COVID, um, a lot of that's been happening for people. I can become quite obsessed with it. Once we've settled on somewhere to go, I will start reading and reading and searching the net on that destination, finding everything I can find about that place. What places are worth seeing? What places are worth going to eat? What places to avoid? Getting a feel for the place, especially if that place is somewhere exotic or overseas, um, reading novels based on that destination, reading travel guides or travel, uh, travel logs of people who've been there before so I can get a feel for that place and start to live it before we even go. And through all of that time, beginning to develop an itinerary. Uh, my itineraries are legendary. I, like I said, I'm, I'm obsessive, I'm tragic. Um, I will map out our days from getting up to going to bed, of where to go, what to eat, where to go, um, what to see. I have it with a time down the side so we know we're not going to miss something if we don't get there by that time. You don't want to come and travel with me. <laughs> Actually, we have taken groups on travel, so people do, we do it together. Um, I'll produce a very detailed itinerary, um, but we're not bound by it. If things crop up, if there's a, a, an issue that we can't do something or we're sick or we think, oh, this would be better to go to than what I've spent hours planning for, um, or if there's some reason needs to be changed, we change it on the run. But at least we've got a, an outline, of, well, we've got a pretty good outline of what our day is going to look like. Our last overseas trip, actually it wasn't our last, our second to last, our last overseas trip was a family trip to New Zealand, which was to be three weeks. Um, we were stranded there for four months because we couldn't get flights back. Um, and so I did four months of my ministry online. Fortunately, the whole church was in lockdown, so it was, everything was online. Um, but three weeks became four months, which was a wonderful time to be with our family. But our trip before that was a trip to Ireland. And um, we went for a four-week uh, road trip around the coast of Ireland, starting in Dublin, going clockwise and finishing back up in Dublin. We left in mid-July in 2019. But that holiday actually started for me and Glenda, because she was on this journey with me, a, a year before we took that flight to Dublin. A year of dreaming and planning. A year of reading. A year of developing this itinerary and changing it and changing it and changing I don't know how many versions we went through until we actually had one that was the itinerary. For me, planning and anticipating a holiday, a trip, is half the fun of actually going on that trip. The journey 
starts well before the car leaves the driveway or we board the plane. You may be familiar with this quote, life is a journey, not a destination. Michael Eisner was the former CEO of the Disney company and he framed that same quote this way. Life isn't about the final destination or the accomplishments and accolades. It's about the journey and the opportunities for learning and how we grow as a result. I love that phrase. Life is about the journey and the opportunities for learning and how we grow as a result. Among other things, the Bible is a a collection of um, or a record of the journeys of God's people. You, you think of the book of Genesis. Fairly early on in that book, Noah and his family embark on the world's first boat trip. It lasted a year, a year on a boat with all those animals. Abraham, trusting God and embarking, travelling from Ur and the Chaldeans down to Canaan and then later leaving Canaan and going down into Egypt for a time. Jacob, travelling to his mother's homeland to find a wife, living there for years, and then eventually going back to his father's homeland. Joseph, sold by his brothers and taken from Canaan into Egypt. And then we come to the book of Exodus, which is all about a journey. God rescuing his people from slavery in Egypt and leading them into the wilderness for years, 40 years, wandering around until they finally reached the land that God had promised to them. Stories like these show us who God is. They show us how God deals with his people, what God expects of us, how we are to relate to him, how we are to relate to each other, how we're to live as his people. And we see in these stories, Genesis, Exodus, all the way through the Bible, stories of people on a journey. We see God's people growing, developing, developing into the people that he desires them to be. As they come up against encounters and, or encounter trials and, and challenges along that, that journey of life. Last Sunday, Glenda and I attended our old church at, at Ringwood. And one of the speakers referred to a piece of art by a lady called Jan Richardson. She's an artist and an ordained minister of the United Methodist Church in America. The artwork we have here is my representation or, or based on what she had done um, had, uh, um, has, has developed and what was referred to last week uh, in this service, which I thought really fitted in well with what I wanted to share with you this morning. What do you see in that piece of artwork? And hopefully those online can see um, the picture that we're referring to. What do you see in that as you look at that picture? As Gerald alluded to. It's, a bit, it's about a journey. You see a pathway. You see steps going, not sure where to, into the distance, into the unknown, 
Um, there's a lot of uncertainty about where that picture is. What's around those, those stairs? Particularly as you get further up and it becomes quite murky and almost a little bit scary. As you think, where, is that, those, where are those steps, that pathway going to? What's going on? But one thing is clear. There's a, a definite pathway in that journey. A journey into the distance. A journey into the unknown. Next Sunday is Palm Sunday. A day we recall when Jesus began his journey um, to the cross. A journey that begins with him riding on a donkey into Jerusalem. The beginning of an incredible journey. A journey of sacrifice. A journey of horror, of pain, of ultimate victory over death. A journey that required incredible faith and trust in the part of Jesus, that demanded incredible courage. A journey he took for us because of his compassion for us. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be delving into that journey in a lot more detail as we reflect on and remember and, and celebrate Jesus' journey for us to that cross and beyond. On the night that Jesus was arrested, he shared Passover with his disciples. And during that meal, he took two emblems that were part of the festival of Passover that was celebrated every year by the Jewish people, some bread and some wine. And he gave these very simple elements of this meal a new meaning for the disciples. These emblems, Jesus told them, would become a symbol of the sacrifice that he was about to make for them. The bread to be a symbol of his body, beaten, humiliated, hung on this criminal's cross. The wine, a symbol of his lifeblood given for us that we might become righteous before God. In Matthew chapter 26, we have one of the accounts of this meal that Jesus had with his disciples. And Matthew writes, while they were eating, Jesus took bread and when he had broken it, he gave thanks and gave it to the disciples saying, take and eat, this is my body. And then he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus went to the cross and took on us, and took on himself, our sins. Took those sins on himself for us, that we might be forgiven, that we might have hope, that death for us would become life, life now and life in eternity. That we might be set free from sin's hold on our life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul writes, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, so that in him 
we might become the righteousness of God. This morning we get to remember again the great sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross. And we do that by partaking of symbols of those elements that Jesus gave to his disciples. Elements that you have with you today. A wafer and some, some juice. I'm going to pray and then I invite you to the battle. <laughs> Take the wafer off and eat that in your own time. There'll be some music playing. I think Gerald's got some music playing during this. Um, and then I invite, I'm going to pray first before we start to eat that. And then um, some music will play. Time for you to reflect, to think about the sacrifice that Jesus has made for you. What he did to make it possible for you to be in relationship with the living God. And then I'll invite us all to drink the, um, the juice together uh, after that time of reflection. So join with me as I pray. Heavenly Father, we want to stop right now and just take some time to um, remember the great gift that Jesus gave us and the incredible sacrifice he made on the cross for us. Father, thank you that he was prepared, had the courage, the faith, the trust, the compassion to make that journey towards the cross, to die that we might have life, that we might have our sins forgiven, that we might have a relationship with you. Father, as we partake of this uh, wafer this morning, may it remind us afresh of that gift that Jesus made for us, the sacrifice he made. Thank you for him. Thank you for his compassion and love for us. Thank you for saving us. Amen. Let's take the bread Jesus said, this is, this is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let's drink together. Today marks the beginning of my journey with you 
as your interim senior or lead pastor. For some of you here today, as you've heard, uh, we've been on journeys together in work situations and, and missions. But for most of us, this is a new journey together. Uh, many of you have been journeying together as a church for many years. Some I know are here, have been here since the very beginning of this church. But there are other journeys that you are on besides your connection and um, community here at Roval, your work community, maybe um, things that you, interest groups that you've, you've got, where you live, the school that you attend, groups that you're a part of. What journey are you on today? You might be thinking of a, of a personal journey that, that you're on. A journey that's ahead of you this week. A journey that's coming up in the next months. A journey that marks this season of your life. Now there could be a feeling of excitement and anticipation of what that journey is. But depending on what that journey is, it might also be something that is bringing you fear, anxiety, uncertainty of what's ahead. This piece of artwork that we've been referring to today has a sense of uncertainty about it. A sense of mystery of what's going on. A little bit like life. Maybe like the journey that you're on or that you're anticipating. The uncharted territory of what's ahead for you. Even the journey of this church as you enter the season of transition and change. No matter what our journey is, we can be confident that Jesus is with us. He reminds us in Matthew 28, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Well, that great encouragement God gave to Joshua in Joshua 1 verse 9, one of our favourite verses as a couple Be strong and be courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. As you think about the journey that you're on today, maybe you're thinking of a doctor's appointment that's coming up this week, unsure of what the results will be of the medical tests that you've had. Maybe you have a meeting tomorrow with a work colleague where you've got to deal with an issue that um, has to be dealt with. And that's part of your journey. Maybe at home there are some challenges that are causing you anxiety, uncertainty. Part of your journey today. And all those aspects of our journey, one thing that we can be confident of is Jesus is with us on that journey. He's there walking beside us, offering us his hope, his peace, his strength, his comfort, even his joy in whatever that journey might be for you. I'm going to invite you to do something this morning that may be uh, a little bit strange for some of you that you haven't done before. 
maybe not something that you're used to doing here at Roval. You received uh, one of these little stepping stones as you arrived this morning. If you don't have one, there are more. Um, I think there's a basket at the back of the church. You want to go and grab one if you don't have one. But I'm going to invite you to, to come and in a moment and with your, your stepping stone, your little yellow stone, uh, and place it on the cloth, on the black area of the, of the um, display today, to represent your journey, whatever that journey is for you today. Now, there's no pressure or expectation for you to participate in this today. Please do not feel that in any way. Um, also, please don't think that I'm going to do this every time I preach. Um, I just felt that today it was a, a good visual representation of what I wanted to share with you just very briefly in this time we have today. Um, it's an invitation, an invitation to participate in a physical response to God, an acknowledgement of your dependence on God to be with you in this journey that you're on, an acknowledgement of your dependence on his grace and his strength for your journey. If you don't want to do this, you find it difficult to come up to the front, um, please just stay seated in your, in your seat. But maybe hold your representation of this stone and reflect on your journey and God's part of that with you. You might even want to take it home with you today as you, as you leave today. I'm sorry for those at home, you can't participate in this, but still, just sit and think about the journey that you're on. So music is going to, to start playing soon, and as it's playing, and you want to come forward, I invite you to do so with your piece of your stone. And as you, you place it on the pathway, anywhere it is, it doesn't have to be a, a, a perfect picture, just place it somewhere. Hopefully it will stick if, it go, if you go on the vertical. Um, as you place it there, you might like to quietly respond to God in your heart. God, you know my journey. You know it very well. Thank you, Lord, for being with me. I trust you. So as the music plays, there's no rush, but just make your way. Please be conscious of distancing and not getting too close to people in these COVID times um, and make space for people to, to come and go. Um, but feel free just to come when, you're, when you are ready and if you want to do this, just place it somewhere on the pathway to represent your journey and your dependence on God in that journey that you're on right now. Thanks, guys. Let's pray. Father God, you see before us a representation of lots of different journeys that people are on. I don't know what all those stones represent, but Father, you do. You know each life journey people are, each person is on today. Father, you've heard the prayers of hearts asking for your peace, your strength, your comfort. Prayers of thanks for good journeys that are, un are being undertaken. Father, hear those prayers today. We know that you do. Father, may you do an amazing work in this place as you bring people together on the journey with you. Inspire, equip, encourage, provide all that is required for people to continue that journey, to grow, to trust you, 
because you are an amazing God. We thank you for the confidence we have of you being part of our journey today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.